Hello, beloved, and welcome to this evening's message. Uh, and in this evening's message, we are going to continue with our, how can I say, our discussion on a biblical worldview. This is part three. Now, in part one and two on a biblical worldview, I basically said that a biblical worldview is not the same as a Christian worldview. Because a Christian worldview can actually be different from denomination to denomination, and actually from Christian to Christian, from one person to another, it can be different. Because it's already based on interpretation. And I also said that I believe that all born-again believers should basically embrace and live in accordance to a biblical worldview. Because a biblical worldview we get from Scripture, from the Word of God. Now that is... Basically, Jesus said, thy word is truth. So, we get our biblical worldview from Scripture. So, whatever we believe, whatever we think, whatever we, how can I say, we we decide is truth for us. We always test it in accordance to Scripture. So, we are always open to basically change what we say, change how we view things, change what we believe if it is not in line with God's word. So God's word continuously basically corrects uh, wrong understandings or wrong bu- my, my wrong biblical worldview. Uh, where um, at the end of the day, uh, so that I can be in line with what God, God's word says and not what I think or what I believe or what my denomination thinks or what my denomination believes or what my favorite preacher um, says or believes. All right, so it's very important when we look at a biblical worldview, we need to stick to Scripture alone, and that's what the Reformation was all about, ne? sola scriptura, Scripture alone. All right, before we continue, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can study uh, different topics that comes from Your Word, and thank you so much that we can discuss this topic about biblical worldview. I pray that you will please enable me to teach your people, and I pray that their hearts will be open to your word, and they, their minds will be open to receive. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, now, when we look at a biblical worldview, it is completely, and listen, I want to say it very clearly, completely based on the Bible alone. Um, it's interesting that when we live in accordance to the Scriptures, now when we live in accordance to the Bible, the whole of the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, it's basically the only thing that we as believers need to live the kind of lives that, that pleases God completely. Right, now we read in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, that we should focus on the word of truth. And this is what it says in the King James. It says, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, this is what Paul says to Timothy. You must study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that doesn't have to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. What we see here is basically the Apostle Paul telling Timothy to study, to study 
to show himself approved. Now the word study basically means to be diligent. And it carries this kind of idea of having a, let's call it a zealous persistence to accomplish a particular task. All right, so it's to be diligent. It's it's to, to, to diligently search and to study because I would like to accomplish something specific. And in our case, if you want to have a biblical uh, worldview, you have to study scripture so that you can basically, uh, how can I say, have a biblical worldview so that you can understand what scripture says so that your worldview is indeed a biblical worldview. Now, someone said that a diligent Christian will give maximum effort effort to know God's truth completely with an unreserved commitment to excellence in examining, interpreting, obeying, and applying God's word. That, that's That's amazing. Because that's exactly what it is. So Paul is actually telling Timothy to be determined. Eh? Determined to do what? To rightly divide the word of truth. It's, it's amazing how it's called the word of truth. Because remember Jesus said, thy word is truth. So the word of God is truth. And here it's clear that Paul says to Timothy that Timothy must rightly divide the word of truth. He mustn't use other means to, to, or things that he can bring in to Scripture. No, he must take the Word of God, the truth, now the Word of truth, and then rightly divide the Word of truth. Now, the, the words rightly divide basically means to cut straight. To cut exactly straight to where it's supposed to be. And I believe, beloved, it's not just... Uh, Timothy that needed needed to do it in Paul's time. I believe we need to do it, and especially the time that we're living in. We need to make sure that we rightly divide the word of truth. Now that we cut straight when we work with God's word. We must interpret the Bible correctly and accurately. It, it is crucial. And that's why we're going to have that um the, the studies in the well, on Sundays, Sunday evenings or Sunday afternoons, late afternoons on 5.30, where we're going to basically uh, take Scripture and do exegesis on it. Exegesis means to take out of the text what the text is saying within its own context. Not eisegesis, now where we read into the text, but exegesis. Exegesis means to take out of the text. Eisegesis means to read into the text. So we're going to do um, get some basic training in the sense of um, knowing how to do basic exegesis to be able to get the message from the text instead of what people so do so many times. And I, I've had it so many times where we're in a Bible study and I would ask a question and the answer of the question is literally in the passage. It's in the text. Uh, normally it's, it, it can be even in the verse that we are looking at. And then what people do is they don't even look at their Bibles. They look at me and then they answer you know, just from their head. And and normally what they then do is, it's not even close to what the text is saying. What we need to do is when we rightly divide the word of truth, it means that we are taking the scriptures itself and then we accurately and correctly basically interpret the Bible within its own context. And I believe it's very, very important that we need to do that. Now, there are, there are some, let's call it biblical truths that we need to 
remember when we work with God's Word, when we try to accurately and correctly interpret the Bible. Uh, first thing is we need to not just acknowledge, we need to believe, really, really, truly believe that the Bible is the Word of God. That it's not just people who were writing the Bible. Obviously it was people, God used people, and but they were inspired by the Holy Spirit now. They were moved, like the wind that moves the sail of a massive sail ship. Uh, these men and that wrote the Bible, they were moved by the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote. Okay, So the Bible, either I accept it as the Word of God or I reject it as the Word of God. And we need to be very careful not to add things or take things away, but to make sure that we try to stick to the text as close as we can. Because that's the problem today is people, they, they how can I say, they, they take things and they just kind of throw it together into one you know, pot or something like that and they want to cook a stew. Uh, it doesn't work like that. We need to take scripture uh, and within its own context, we need to interpret it and um, make sure that we are correct and accurate when we do that. Okay. Because the Bible is the Word of God, and we need to believe that. And we need to believe that the Bible is inspired by God. If you don't believe it, why study it? If you want to be a critic of it, okay, go for it. Enjoy it. But, beloved, to, to have a biblical worldview, especially a strong biblical worldview, we study Scripture and we learn from Scripture and we test everything that we believe in accordance to Scripture so that our biblical worldview can become stronger and, and that we can... Uh, give answers to the hope that is within us. Now, we need to believe that the Bible is the Word of God. We need to believe that the Bible is inspired by God. Uh, we need to believe that the Bible has no errors in it. That there are no contradictions in the original manuscripts in the Bible. Why should we believe that? If you believe that the Bible is full of errors, I'm not talking about translations here, because translations can have mistakes, ne? We can have errors in, in translations. That's a common thing. It's, it, it happens. But in the original manuscripts, there are no errors. Okay? And the contradictions that we find or that so many people see in Scripture, when you examine it closely, when you go into the context of the, of the passage, if you look at the rest of the context of the, of the chapter or even the book that it's written in, those contradictions uh, can normally be explained and it's not a contradiction at all all right but we have to believe and this is something we need to believe about the bible is that the bible has no errors or contradictions in the original manuscripts because the bible is our highest and final and perfect authority in everything that we believe and and it's the foundation of our biblical worldview now we can actually say, uh, and, and somebody said you can accurately say, that the Bible is eternally settled in heaven. That's how solid the, the Bible is. Tested over thousands of years, scrutinized. Um, I mean, I don't know how many people have written critiques about the Bible. But the Bible has stood the test of time. There's no document no book in the world and we're talking about the bible as 66 books that has one message that runs right through it written by different authors from different continents over 
1,500 years of, of time. And, and the authors didn't, um, most of them didn't even know one another. Most of them didn't even live in the same uh, century. So it is just absolutely amazing in the, in the fact, in, in looking at the Bible and in, in the, how the Bible has been preserved and the attacks that has been on the Bible through the years to try to destroy the Bible, uh, trying to get the Bible not to be written in the, how can I say, in the language of the people, but to continue to have it in Latin or whatever. So, uh, beloved, we need to believe that the Bible has no errors in it, no contradictions in original manuscripts, so that we can stand on Scripture with boldness. Yeah? And, and we need to know that the Bible is eternally settled in heaven because God is the author, God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And then, obviously, we know that the Bible is highly exalted by God because God has been looking after his word for thousands of years. God is the one who protects his word. That's not human beings. We cannot protect God's word. God does. All right. Now, when we interpret the Bible, I believe there are some important principles that I need, think we need to apply. Uh, these are just things that we take note of these things, especially when we, when we go into interpretation of, of the Bible. Um, and I believe it's important that we need to be able to interpret Scripture, but we need to be accurate when we um, interpret Scripture. And there will be places in Scripture that's hard to interpret, but it's fine. Because there's nothing that is worthwhile that sometimes are not um, going to be difficult. It's interesting how Peter speaks about the Apostle Paul and he says to him, uh, he says about him that some of the things that Paul wrote is hard to understand. The Apostle Peter, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says that about the, the writings of the Apostle Paul. And why? Because the Apostle Paul was a very clever man. He was a highly educated man, uh, studied under Gamaliel. And um, there are things that he writes that are difficult to understand. But if the Holy Spirit guides us and directs us, and if the Holy Spirit leads us because Scripture interprets itself, then we will be able to come to the understanding of what the Apostle Paul was saying. But it doesn't mean that it, it won't be hard. There are certain things that are hard, obviously. And, and beloved, that's why we have amazing people in the Christian faith. People that are genuinely very, very, um, how can I say, highly educated. Um, I can call them in, in plain English, they are extremely clever. People with brilliant minds, with amazing abilities to teach. And God has given them to us, to the church. And the, I'm talking about the church in general, the, the church of Jesus Christ. He has given those men and women to us so that we can be edified by them so that we can read what they have to say because they just have a gift from God to be able to to explain things in a way that other people just can't. All right. So when we interpret the Bible, I believe there are certain things that we need to to make sure of, certain principles that we need to apply when we do interpretation. For example, our interpretation of the Bible must be based on the author's intent, not on my intent. What, what do I want to... Um, 
how can I say, proof from the Bible? Or what, what do I want to disprove from the Bible? No, what I need to do is to read the text within the context of what was the author's intent. Why did God give the author what he gave him to write down? We need to get to that um, intent because it's going to help us to interpret Scripture. Our interpretation of the Bible must be based on the overall context of a, of a passage, not just a verse. It must be within the wider context of, let's say, the paragraph, and then like a verse that's in a paragraph. The paragraph is in a, um, a, a chapter of a, of a book, and the, book, the chapter is within the book, and then the book is obviously within the wider context of the whole of Scripture. So we need to make sure that we base our interpretation and what we read on the context uh, of the text itself. Now, our interpretation of the Bible uh, must be based on a literal approach, which means we take the text as it stands. But obviously, if there is something like figurative speech within the passage, it will clearly show it, and then we interpret it as figurative speech. It is as simple as that. And then another thing is that our interpretation of the Bible must be based on the principles of Scripture uh, interpreting itself, which means that the Scripture is not going to contradict itself. It's been tested over thousands of years, and Scripture interprets Scripture. So make sure that what you are finding in a text is supported by Scripture itself in other places. And then our interpretation of the Bible obviously must include proper application of the text. We can't just take a, a passage of Scripture, do the exegesis, get the, how can I say, uh, the principles that is in there, get, get a, uh, a good, uh, solid, uh, how can I say, uh, amount of information from the passage of Scripture, and then we don't apply it to our lives or we don't apply it to our context. It's important to do application so that we can actually do what the Scripture says. All right. And then also, our interpretation of the Bible must be understood through the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us. It is not, we are not, uh, how can I say, that brilliant. Because if you use, or if you're going to try to interpret the Scripture just by using science and uh, using it as a science book, you're going to run into major error. And the reason for that is because the Bible is not uh, a scientific book. The Bible is an inspired book by God. That's God's revelation to us. And it's, uh, how can I say, it's sufficient in all matters of faith and practice. All right. Now, we need to be aware of error. Because one thing is for certain, that false teachers and false teachings will always be present. Ne? Scripture is clear on that. You read the book of Jude, you read 2 Peter 2, you read Galatians chapter 1. It, false teachings and false teachers will always be there. And, and it's a reality that individuals can spread errors. Even denominations can be caught in error and then spread those errors. I mean, false teachings and false teachers, must we must try to avoid them at all costs. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 14 and 15 tells us that. And then obviously test all teachings in accordance to God's word. That's what we need to do. All right, because God's word is very important. A biblical worldview is based on God's word. So let me close with this question. And that is, 
how can I make sure that I have a strong biblical worldview? What can I do? What can I do to have a strong biblical worldview? I believe that first of all, just read the Bible. Make sure that you spend time reading the Bible. Because it's in reading the Bible, reading through the Bible, reading books of the Bible, reading, uh, how can I say, as much as you can, that you get to get, hear, um, understand the, 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 the overall um, picture of the Bible, of what the Bible wants to say. So read the Bible. But then, obviously, study the Bible. You go into detail. And obviously, if you, if you don't know how to interpret the Bible, uh, there, there are some excellent courses. There are some excellent methods of Bible study. Or just come and join us on a Sunday after, um, afternoon, Sunday evening, half past five or 5.30. Uh, and that's what I'm going to do, is I'm going to teach you how to interpret Scripture. All right. And then um, the third thing is... Take time to not meditate like the you know Eastern religions or Hinduism and that kind of thing. That's not meditation. Means just think deeply about what you are um, are reading in the Bible, and obviously obey the Scriptures, believe what it says, and obey it. Okay, and live in accordance to what it says. In all things, make sure that you apply what Scripture says to your life and live in accordance to that. And then if the world says the opposite of what the Bible says, then hold fast to the teachings of the Bible. Even if it leads to people calling you names or if you are downplayed somehow or if you are rejected or even if you are persecuted, stick to what the Scripture says. Hold fast to the teachings of the Bible. Be strong in your biblical worldview. You see, it's only in having a strong biblical worldview um, that we will be able to stand strong in the midst of everything that's happening around us. There's a massive attack on the truth. There's a massive attack on the Bible. There's a massive attack on Christianity. There's a massive attack on our faith. There's a massive attack on God. All right, so it's only in having a strong biblical worldview where we know what Scripture says and we can explain what Scripture says I believe that we'll be able to stand strong in the midst of all the things that are hurled at us. I mean, we need to make sure that we are firmly rooted in the Bible because to have a strong biblical worldview is to be firmly rooted in Scripture, in God's Word, and nothing else or nothing less. And I believe it's important that we need to understand that. All right, I hope that that helps you uh, well, and, and even me, uh, that we will s- make sure that we, ha- how can I say, to make sure that we have a strong biblical worldview from where we think, act, uh, live, do. Because at the end of the day, we are going to be guided by something. If we are not guided by God's word, we're going to be guided by the world or false teachings or, or things like that. So, as believers, let's make sure that we are guided by God's Word. Because if we are guided by God's Word and we have a strong biblical worldview, we will please God in everything that we do. We will glorify Him in everything that we do. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in, come to you in Jesus' name. And thank you so much that we can know you through your Word, uh, because it's your revelation. But that we can know the truth, because it's your revelation. 
Thank you that your word is the truth. Thank you that we can have a strong biblical worldview as we study your word and meditate upon it and apply it to our lives and, and live in accordance to your word. Please, Father, I pray, will you enable each one of us to have a strong biblical worldview so that we will not be shaken by anything that is hurled our way uh, that comes from the world, but rather, Father, that we will be able to, to listen to the world and be able to give them an answer for the hope that is within us. This we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. I really do hope and pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that his face will shine upon you, and that he will give you his peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.